Well, we are in the second week of a message series uh, looking at a passage of scripture found at the beginning of Matthew, starting in chapter 5. And these verses uh, at the beginning of chapter 5 are some teaching that Jesus was doing uh, on what must have been a beautiful summer day. Jesus was announcing the kingdom of God, and as a large crowd of people gathered and sat in the grass around him, Jesus began to teach and talk about this upside-down kingdom. It's a kingdom where the wise thing to do is opposite or upside-down from what the world would tell us to do. And that's true of much of what Jesus taught in these verses. And we won't read these every week, uh, but since it's the second week, we're going to look at them once again and... uh, Look at the eight verses, at least, that we'll be studying during this series. These are called the Beatitudes because Beatitude means blessing, and each of these verses starts with the words, blessed are. So let's look at these again. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, and he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Last week we looked at the first of these beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who recognize their need for a Savior and turn to God for help. Now this week's verse is found in Matthew 5.4. So this is our memory verse this week, so let's read it together. Matthew 5.4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Matthew 5.4. Now... Of all the Beatitudes, um, there are a few that are more difficult to grasp than this one. You know, I, like a number of you, have experienced the grief of a tragic and sudden loss of a loved one. And, you know, I didn't feel blessed. (laughs) I felt a deep, deep sadness. And I know many of you know what I'm talking about. Um, When it feels like, you know, the life has been kicked out of you. And a week ago, we grieved with 17 families going through horrific loss, moms and dads who lost their children in a school shooting. And every time we see these shootings, uh, we're filled with sadness, not only for those affected by them, but for the state of our country. We grieve um, that it's become a necessity for our children and grandchildren to have active shooter drills, that parents fear for their children's lives when they send them off to school. We, we live in a world of images of those who mourn in our country and around the world. Um, there are many hurting people. And when we read this scripture, blessed are those who mourn, our minds go to those images and to losses in our own church and in our own community. And there are plenty of other life circumstances as well that cause grief. Physical, mental, and sexual abuse leaves lasting scars that leave uh, people with sadness. There are those who experience rejection and neglect. 
carry that sadness. There's the grief of being alone in the world. Uh, many people today are weighed down by guilt uh, and are grieving something and regretting something that they've done in the past. There's no shortage of reasons uh, to mourn. And certainly when Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, he means to cover it all. Uh, he means to cover it all. And Jesus indicates that grief is a normal part of the Christian experience. It's universal. It makes no distinction between race, ethnicity, status. Uh, grief touches rich and poor. It touches young and old, male and female. None are exempt. Everybody grieves because everybody at some point experiences loss. And being a Christian doesn't exempt us from suffering. So why does Jesus say, blessed are those who mourn? Well, the key to understanding this verse is remembering that Jesus is talking to people around him about the kingdom of God. Uh, he's describing life in this upside-down kingdom, and as he describes life in this kingdom, he says that those who are under the reign of this good king are blessed when they mourn because they will be comforted. Because they will be comforted. And he's not saying you should go out and find it out as many ways as you can to mourn so that you will be blessed. He's saying that when you mourn, and we all have times that we do, those who are children of the king will be comforted. You know, those outside the kingdom, not looking to God, not seeking his comfort, get through, or not any way that they can. But those who belong to God and turn to him will be comforted. Not might be comforted, they will be comforted. And that's a great assurance about something that we all experience. So what I'd like to do then is to look at four ways that God comes through on this promise. And they're there in your message notes. Four ways that we experience God's comfort when we're hurting. The first is God comforts his children through scripture, prayer, and worship. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Forrest and I have a little camera that we have used for several years to record the baptism service. Uh, it's nothing fancy, but it's easy to use. It records HD 1080p, so nice picture. Last summer when it came, came time for the baptism service, I was looking for this camera because I have a list of things that have to go out there because we don't want to make a trip back and forth. The camera was on the list. I was looking for it, could not find it anywhere. So it's Saturday. <laughs> We're looking all through the parsonage. So we go down to the Bellevue Church, look all through the Bellevue Church, come out to the Baseline Church, look all the way through the Baseline Church, go down to Harper Creek, our house in Harper Creek, look all the way through the Harper Creek house. We can't find it anywhere. So we ended up using this different camera. Well, this last week we were tidying up because <laughs> the DS was coming to our home and uh, the new pastor was going to be giving a tour of the parsonage. And I noticed this box on the corner of my desk. And I thought, well, I'm just going to throw that away. Who needs a box that they don't have a camera any, you know, don't own the camera anymore? So I go to throw it away, and I hear this rattle in the box, and I open it up, and there's the camera. 
<clears throat> it had been right there on my desk uh, all year. And we had looked everywhere for it except for the most obvious place, right, where it belonged. And when it comes to looking for answers for pain and grief, we sometimes miss looking in what should be, for Jesus' followers, the most obvious places to look. And some look uh, for help in alcohol or drugs to numb the pain, but God will comfort us if we'll turn to him. And one of the ways that he does that is through his word. Uh, Romans 15.4 says that for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement that they provide, we might have hope. Does anybody need hope? That says go to God's word. Have you ever been hurting and you're reading God's word and he just speaks to you in it and he comforts you through it? He'll do that. And he'll comfort us through times of prayer. As we pour out your heart to him, he'll pour out his heart and his love on you. He comforts us in worship. It might be through a song uh, or a message or through the hugs and support of others as we turn to him. Then the second way that he comforts us is through his Holy Spirit. And the the Holy Spirit serves many roles, and one of them is to be the very real presence of God when we're hurting. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a comforter. And on the night before his death, he was talking to his disciples, knowing that they were going to be mourning the next day. And, And he was leaving them, but he wasn't abandoning them. And he says these words. He says, if... You love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter to be with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit, and he describes him as another comforter. Uh, Some translations say advocate or counselor, the Greek word is parakletos, and it means one who comes alongside. What, what a beautiful image, right? One that God sends alongside when you need someone. And so though Jesus would no longer be physically present with them, he would be spiritually present through this comforter. And the Holy Spirit does for those who follow Jesus Christ what he did for the disciples when he was physically present with them. He teaches them guides them, admonishes them, and he comforts them. Instead of leaving us alone, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live inside so that each Christian would have encouragement and comfort from the inside out. And there will be times when we're hurting, and God will just comfort you through his Holy Spirit. He'll just speak words of comfort to your heart. And um, it may be during prayer. It might be during worship. But God will comfort and encourage his people through his spirit. And then number three, he comforts us through other people. This is probably the most visible and physical way that we experience God's comfort. Uh, It's also why I hear so many people say, I don't know how I would have made it through that without the church. Um, In a profound sense, when we mourn with those who mourn, we're feeling God's heart and pain for others and then expressing that love to them. God has given us each other for the ups and downs of life. 
2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. God uses others to comfort us, and he uses us to comfort others. And, you know, I was pretty amazed at God when I realized that this week's scripture, Blessed Are Those Who Mourn, falls right the same week that our Grief Share support group starts up again. And uh, Grief Share is going to begin a new group this Thursday evening at 6.30. And it's a wonderful way that Baseline is coming around people to support them and comfort them in times of grief. And rather than try to explain it for those who haven't heard about it, I thought we'd just watch a short Grief Share video uh, with some people who have been through it talking. So let's watch that video. Two years ago, I lost my husband very suddenly and unexpectedly. And I was in the midst of pain and grief. And I was invited to a Grief Share class not even two months after he had passed. So through the loss retirement and taking care of my mom, I needed an out. Grief Share is for people grieving the death of a family member or friend. It's a friendly, caring group of people, a group who walk alongside you through one of life's most difficult experiences, so you don't have to go through the grieving process alone. I feel in my situation that grief, although um, you know we experience it as humans all the time, with maybe like losing your dog or failed on an exam or something. That's all small instances of grief, but you don't really think about it until you lose someone really close to you. That's what the program's all about, helping people reach out to God and know that He loves them through their loss and that um, He does provide that joy. I think a lot of people might be afraid that it'll bring back those same feelings of the event. The way I look at it is, you have to go through those emotions. And even though it may come back again, it comes back differently as time moves on. But then there's also something after that that brings back the peace, that brings back that comfort. I don't think I would have found it if I didn't go to Grief Share. After attending Grief Share, you know, it really showed that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And um, it gave you, gave me hope. Obviously wrong, but uh, <laughs> Thursday, 6.30, yes. If you're hurting from a loss or grieving something, I would encourage you to, to come this Thursday. Herb and Diane are wonderful counselors, and uh, they have a wonderful team of people around them. Uh, if you're not grieving right now but know somebody that is in your bulletin, there's a little insert, and you can use that to invite them, and it has all the information about when and where the group is. Uh, it's a great way to do that. God comforts us when we are mourning through other people, and this, by handing that on to somebody, you may be used by God uh, to bring that kind of comfort. Then the fourth way that God comforts us is through the promise of heaven. 
We're in the season of Lent, and we're making that journey to Easter Sunday, and the resurrection is our reminder that death and loss do not get the last word, right? They do not. Ultimately, there's only one remedy for grief, the comfort of being in God's presence. And according to Revelation 21, 4, 5, there'll come a day for those who are in Jesus Christ when they'll be comforted completely. And it says that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He was seated on the throne, said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. There will be a day when God will wipe away every tear. We'll be with those who've gone before and with Jesus forever. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for the ways that you comfort us and the promise that you will, that you don't leave us alone, that you are very present and aware of our needs. And I pray for any here today who are grieving, who are going through some kind of a loss that at each stage, Lord, as they go through that, you'll be guiding them and leading them and speaking to their heart and uplifting them and helping them day by day to, to heal and to look to you and to find their comfort in you. Help us, God, to be a church that surrounds people and helps people in their time of need and in their time of hurt. And we'll just give you all the praise and the glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.